Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, contributing editor at Yahoo, Thelma Adams. Hi. We have a huge treat for you this afternoon. Jason Momoa is, is here. You know him from Conan the Barbarian, HBO's Game of Thrones, The Red Road on Sundance Channel, and now the movie that he co-wrote, directed, did the costumes for and starred in, we're gonna watch a trailer, Road, and I'm getting it right, Road to Paloma. You ever hear of a guy's name who's Robert Wolf? Who's asking? A couple of suits, said they were federal agents. You got something you want to tell me? Just be straight with me, man. You know something, Wolf? No, I'd have done the same thing you did. This is where it happened. Beat the scalp right off of him. Turned the guy into a maraca. Deserved it. I told you what would happen. Couldn't let him walk free. You can't go around taking the law into your own hands now, can you? And now, Jason Momoa. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thank you, Apple, for putting it on iTunes. How great is yeah, that? It's so amazing. I want to talk to you, watching this movie, which, by the way, I love. It's, to me, you've talked about it being like Easy Rider. You've talked about it being like a road movie. It also feels to me like Billy Jack. It has that kind of earthy... Revenge, ripped, you know, ripped out of Hollywood. Hollywood does not exist for this movie. Tell me a little bit about what was in your head when you started out. Uh, the big inspiration for doing this, uh, there's a couple things. One, I was really inspired. I love road movies. I love the road. Um, easy Rider is definitely one, but um, Five Easy Pieces, if you've seen it, it's a Jack Nicholson film in the 70s. That's great. It's, it's, when he goes to the diner. Yeah, that's one of the best scenes, man. Has everybody seen, Have five, you seen easy five Easy Pieces? pieces? Pull it back. Yep. So anyways, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, and the really big inspiration for doing this was the subject matter. The story itself. Yeah. And um, Someone just, brought it to you, right? Yeah, actually, Robert Mullahan, he's uh, my, my co-star, and he's you know the co-writer, one of them. And he told me about these. He, he had went to a Democratic convention, and he had heard about the rapes that were happening on the Native American reservations. And that there's a loophole where... Uh, a non-native can commit a violent act, crime, predominantly rape. And in 2011, when we wrote this piece, uh, it was 86% were non-natives that were reported rapes. That's reported. And those cases get tossed out because it has to go to federal court. 
and um, tribal law can't prosecute them. So it's a bit of a, a loophole for these sick, demented people. And um, I just thought being a father and a husband and a, a son and a grandson, if anyone missed with my mother or my wife or my kids, I'm like, it's over for you. You know what I mean? And like the law didn't take care of it. I mean, what, what, what would we do? Predominantly, most men would do that. Uh, most people would do that. But with that, you're going to pay the repercussion. You're going to go to jail. You're going to be on the run, which we find the character at the very beginning on the run. And uh, you're going to die. And I wanted to make a movie that wasn't about revenge or about the act of doing it. Right. It was more of... This, it's done. The deed is done yeah, before this even starts. Yeah, six months And it's really about a man saying goodbye to his life. And by doing this choice, he's really doling out his soul on this road to redemption, really. And um, I wanted to play with the themes of like all the people that inspire you or who have inspired your parents to filmmakers to artists to painters music they make up you and that's what hangs in the air when you're you know when when you're gone i wanted to see this man how big he loves and the, the parts of his soul that he's giving away and who 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 how he lives on through other people and that was one of the themes i wanted to do too so um and talk it's about a little comedy you know a little <laughs> drama it's, it's heavy rock and rock and roll. There's lots of hair. There's a lot of hair. There is a lot of hair in this, and there's even a pretty sexy scene where you. I'm not too bad. You know, get rid of your hair. I was going to say. <laughs> Come on, honey. Gonna... Help me sell this fucker. No. <laughs> no. Um, well, there's one. That's one side to it. Got to have sex. So you had the, with Cash. He had like. It's a very the... human story. It has everything in it. You know, yeah. you're gonna laugh in it, and there's some. You know, there's a fight scene. You're gonna see. It's really ridiculous. And it was like when we watched. Uh, What's it called? Um, uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance, where uh -huh. he's like fighting the, the Indian guy. And, right. like, it's a bit of a funny fight. I mean, it's. Do you want to, should we show the fight? Because we do have that clip. Let's, let's do it. Tribal cops knocking on my door. You know, that wasn't my intent. We want you like. Kuchmara. He caught the wind and he caught you too. I'm a sick, you walk your room. When you are him. People are my catch up when you are. A V, Mavkyo, Chumev, me, Mima. Yakaki is Chumev. <clears throat> what just happened? Like to fight? Let's uh, let's make some money off of it. Anyways, it's pretty funny, and Cash is the comic relief. But and, uh, did, and did you? And who's that guy? Oh yeah, the Tunawai Reed is uh, the Rock's son double, and he is one of my oldest friends uh, from Hawaii. We, you know, kind of grew up together when I was a teenager, and uh, we worked together. And basically, I just called him up, and I was like, "Please help me." And he came in. I just thought it'd be funny to 
beat the shit out of my friend. And didn't you? It's really <laughs> funny scene, so. It is a funny scene. It kind of goes back. The movie goes back and forth between. Yeah, it gets serious. It gets really it's, serious, and it, you know you're gonna cry a little bit unless you're a spiritual. stone like you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but you, hopefully you'll cry a little bit and you'll feel something, and hopefully you'll check out what's going on in the world, and hopefully bring some attention to what's happening to these women. Now, I, I also want to talk about other things that you've done, and then we'll come. We're going to circle back to your wife so we can watch the back clip in a little bit. But let's talk a little bit how your success made making this movie possible or didn't. Did, did what happened with Game of Thrones kind of put a fire under this and allow you to make this movie, or were they disconnected? I wouldn't say, I mean, Game of Thrones has definitely helped me with, um, with a lot of the fans. Uh, and the business, I think a lot of people for a while didn't know I speak, spoke English. Um, I, I would say that I met one of my favorite SNL actors, and so he was weird. like, he was like, I love you. And I'm like, I love you. And he's like, you fucking speak English. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah dude. Oh, man. No wonder I'm not getting hired for those Well, roles. that's the thing. Like, with so. Jimmy, when you're on Jimmy Kimmel, I feel like you walk up. Because you and I have had dinner at Sundance, and we've had some beers, and, like, I got an idea of who you are. And you walk onto these things. Oh, we've had a couple of beers. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. So this is the thing. It's that people don't know also some things about your background. One... You were born in Hawaii, right? But then you were raised in Madison County, as in the bridges of Madison County. Yeah, uh, cl right next, uh, one county kind over. Of. One county over. I was, I was raised in Iowa my okay. whole life. Yeah, like, your whole like, life. Like, literally, like, graduated like, maybe 75 kids. Right. Like, Iowa. White. <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. So you basically, on some level, are a Midwesterner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm through and through, you know what I mean? I love it. And, uh, you know, I have the aloha spirit from Hawaii, but they're both very similar. They don't want to leave their island or their land. And they're which very comfortable also, where they're at. Which is also a theme of this. It's also a theme of this movie. It's also a theme of, Sun, of the Sundance Channel TV show, Red Road, that like not wanted to leave your land. But I think that what happens is that people don't understand where you're coming from then. I'm just misunderstood. You I know? Think, yeah. I smile. I laugh. I know. I don't rape people and kill people. Just playing the character. I, just, I mean, it, I just it, play one on TV. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's um, it helped making Road to Paloma. Obviously, having you need to have a bit of a name to help you. But I mean, we only we shot this whole movie for ended up being six hundred thousand dollars in the end. Like it was two fifty just to shoot the movie in a can. The Canon five D. Probably some of you have it here. That camera right there that she's shooting me with. We shot that whole movie on a Canon five D. That's my cinematographer Brian and my producing partner. Brian shot that whole film. There he is. And he, he, he held composition and handheld and pulled focus. Nothing was on sticks at all. He was, uh, he's a bit of a genius, so don't tell him that. <laughs> you okay. um, But, uh, you know, we didn't get a lot of money for it, but it was, a, it was a passion project, and it's a hard sell, you know, but it was about, uh, we did it with seven people. We just took the money and put it all into the film. We lived in the dirt. We slept in tents. We edited it out of my Airstream. Like, we did it all. I hired my friends, you know, they gave me $100,000 and they didn't believe that we could do it. And we went out and shot half the movie, edited it, showed it to them, and they're like, all right, and they gave us the rest. So it's very unconventional in making independent movies, but I mean, hopefully at the root of it, it's, it's storytelling. And, you know, you write a good story, you get actors that come to it, actors get you money, money gets you your fucking film. One, two, three, buckle my shoe, whatever. There you yeah, go. That's, it's that easy. <laughs> ba bum. <laughs> yeah. Um, and where did WWE come in? 
And those guys. Um, we, you know, my, in my contract, we submitted to Sundance, and uh, after we did get into Sundance, it was about a two-hour cut. I definitely learned a lot, and we cut it down to about an hour and a half. With that, uh, they want they wanted their money back and recoup, so they just um, took it to distribution companies. Anchor Bay fell mm-hmm. in love with it, and they wanted to do something with WWE because they have a great platform for just right. all of their fans, and it was great publicity. So, you know, obviously, when you buy a film, you've got to have publicity so people know about it. So those two partnered up. And it was always interesting because it's an art house film, and but it but has the action and has the adventure, right. but it also has a heartfelt story. So I think WWE would really appeal to them is it's a great film, that has all those qualities, but also has a really good story to it, which some of theirs may not, and they really really like that. So I think that's kind of what appealed to them. Um, so, know. what did you learn? Now, was this the first thing you directed? Had you done anything before? You and Brian? Uh, yeah, we shot a couple shorts. Yeah, uh-huh. we shot uh, a couple shorts to get ready for. We did a black and white uh, short that was, um, we almost finished it. And then we did one that we submitted that was a, a bit of a period piece. And we tested that. And then... Uh, what didn't work, what does? Everything yeah. works. We're amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's no um, fun. Haven't yeah. they told you that when you're doing storytelling, you have to find the weaknesses of your hero to like, you know, make I it I didn't seem go like to that class. I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it didn't work. No. He's perfect. Do you want to talk about um, working with your wife? When did she come into this? <sighs> She's so difficult. <laughs> Women. Nah, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> she was, it's amazing. It was a dream come true. I, you know, Robert and I, I really, you know, I wanted her to, to work with me. And yeah. uh, it was a dream come true. And I was just, it was actually. Why was it a dream come true? I mean, well, she's, she's my dream she's woman. On like, the she's, other, she's, but she's on the other side of the bed. Honey, come on, we're making this movie. How hard? I mean, I just wanted, it's kind of different, because when we're, that's not us up there. Even though right. it feels like that, we're still, that's not us. You know what I mean? And we have our own thing, and it's, that's, the thing that I wanted to protect is my my family, and uh, not just, like, you know, whore that out, if you will. It was really about, I wanted to f- have a character that I fell in love with instantly on screen. I had to recreate the first time we met, or something of that, right. and then have to leave her. That's very hard to do. I mean, to literally be awestruck by someone and then like it's very flirtatious and there's a scene in there like it's the first time I've ever been bashful I don't normally you say that are, word you are bashful in that and then you are scene, shy I'm like, literally she gets me in it and I'm like oh my god and I'm like kind of you know I smile and she just cracks my soul open and I'm like I haven't and I just say I haven't smiled that I haven't smiled as much in a long time and it's true he hasn't s- talked to anyone he's never loved I mean he's never felt that way in a very long time and in any other circumstance they would be together with babies you know what I mean but he in the way we make the love scenes, like they don't touch, and then here's Cash who gets everything he wants to, and he's at the strip club getting right, it's all yuck. tits and ass. He can have whatever he wants, and here's her and I, and just his chemistry. And, and you think they do something, but they don't. And but you, your mind makes you know that's why we wanted to kind of make it like that. You're not going to see that until you watch the movie, but uh, <laughs> roll the clip. Nice to meet you, Cash. Good luck. Thank you. We did it. You did it. Both. Both. I like that one. Look, uh, Magdalena. Magdalena. <laughs> um, so I have another favor to ask you. I'm about a mile down the road. 
Get steamy and hot. <laughs> I just live a mile up the road. That's actually the line I said to her when I first met her. Yeah. How's that? I didn't really think about that yeah. till now. Yeah, I was living in a hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was a bit of a wanderer. So I'm living in this hotel, and uh, I met her at this club, and I actually went, you know, when we were done and we were talking that night, I was like, do you mind giving me a ride up the road? I just live up in this, up this hotel. And she went to all our friends, like, yo, is this guy a murderer? Is he cool? Or whatever. And they're like, no, he's great. And we had mutual friends. Like, no, he's totally fine, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, if we went up to the hotel, and I, there's a diner there, and we just had gits and gits. Huh? I'm going to go get my friend. I'll be right back. Um, Guinness and grits. And we just, like, enjoyed a little conversation, and that's how. But I was like, you know, you mind if I get a ride? I just right. thought of that Slick. as we watched it. I'm sorry. I've seen it a hundred times. I didn't even know that. <laughs> that you would... Now, when you were doing that scene, was she easy to direct, or... Was it hard to direct her? Did she, she want to direct no, you? No, she's amazing. No, no, she's super effortless. It was kind of cute. I actually made her shy right there, too. She, you don't, I, it's, it's, it's great because you get to be around your loved one, and you get to see how funny they are and how, just, how naturally and calm they are. And then when they get on the screen, there's things that are changed, and you just become this character. But she's brilliant in it. She's phenomenal. She lights up the screen. So, Were the kids around when you were making it? They or? were. They were there in that one, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. awesome, yeah. I mean, you join the circus, you bring your family with you. So, I mean... <laughs> So what can you tell us about your future? You're doing this. Um, is Red Road, is there another? Red Road season two. I'm directing some commercials right now, which is fantastic. I'm directing for Carhartt. Um, uh, we've finished our two movies that we're going to hopefully be doing in the next five years. We've got yeah. two that you've pieces written? coming up. Yeah, we've written. What's right. the one, Wolves? Is that? Wolves will be coming out in uh, October. I mean, it's another independent. You never know. There's a couple right. coming out that they're just independent. That so, I mean, I'm hoping road. that comes out around Halloween. I mean, it's a werewolf movie. So, just imagine Drogo and a lot of fur. I imagine it. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine that. I wanted to do, you know, five hours the prosthetics would be like, and it's it's, it's hell. So, I don't want to do it anymore, but I did it. (laughs) I want to know more about Game of Thrones. You told me a great story that one night, that you shot your section in Ireland. Ireland and Malta and uh, Gozo. Okay, but that the first year, when no one knew about Game of Thrones, and you'd go to the pub... Yeah, it's a great story. Uh, Please tell me yeah, that story. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Guinness, and uh, so I'm in. Gits. You know, the now mo- I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Guinness and grits, gits. Yeah. Okay. Gits, whatever you call them. Yeah. Motherland. So I'm at the pub, and at the time, I couldn't. I didn't, my beard wasn't long enough right here, so they they glued this part on, but it was my mustache, and then it wasn't long enough here. So I just, you know, obviously, I don't have a magic wand. I can't make it grow fast. So we had to put it on every morning, but I'd have this amazing, you know, porn mustache. Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was, mustache. it was like, a, and I didn't want to walk around with just a mustache. So I had like this little piece of hair right here. And, you know, I'd always have the mascara. I wanted to have the eyeshadow because I, when I was studying and using it for ideas, I was studying nomads and things like that. And so that's why, you know, they're in the desert. I wanted to paint the black around his eyes. But it's very hard, as you ladies know, to remove all that shit from your eyes. <laughs> and, you know, my hair is kind of, you know, wavy and long and tussled and shit like that and I have an interesting style of clothing for Ireland and there's not a lot of it's very white there so I'd walk the streets in my mascara and my porn mustache looking like like a guy it's like a drag queen maybe it's like a six six foot foot five five drag drag queen queen. and everyone liked me and we just hang out but they were always just kind of like you know like they had no idea until I came back the second season and like that's why (laughs) you look the way you did I'm like yeah and then you know everything was cool but I'd, I'd get a lot of weird looks 
<laughs> it changed. It changed your life. Um, it's kind of sad. I find it kind of sad that they the, that <laughs> that you can't come back to that show. Who says I can't come back? Yeah, but there's a there's a. Well, I'm not going to release it here on oh, no. at the Apple. I mean, <laughs> exclusive. Yeah. Here with Thelma at Apple. <laughs> that would be great. Drogo comes back. <laughs> we loved him. We loved him, and we, you know. Yeah, so. I know, but it's going to get that. It's just so. It's so amazing. Season four. I'm a huge fan. I mean, if for everyone's fans, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. how great was season four? Oh. Oh my amazing. God. Tyrion at the end oh. when he's giving a speech. And he can't keep his mouth shut, but that's Joffrey, who he is. Joffrey's death. Yeah. Thank God. He's the sweetest kid in the world. Yeah. That's one of the things where you're like, oh my God, he's he's he's. Because you just hate smart. him. I know, but he literally is the polar opposite. Yeah. Yeah. So did he have fun? Do you think just being bad? I, I you didn't have too many scenes with him. I know you had none. I think if Joffrey and you Drogo and Sean had a scene Bean together, I'd probably yeah. just eat him. Yeah, you just eat him. Something Throughout like the that. bones, you and Sean Bean no scenes together. You know what can you do? That's the George R. R. Martin. Let's kill people. Let's, you know, you fall in love and then, pfft, what can you do? Damn George Martin. <laughs> no, I love that show. Mm-hmm. That is my Star Wars, Game of Thrones. I can't, you know. Me too. I've got to say that's the that's only where the only one. I'll tell like you a what. You know how on. I came up with Drogo's uh, dialogue. Like the his, du- his Dothraki kind of. I ripped a little bit off from Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. It's like, Chewbacca. <laughs> it's like, man. Awesome. So like, <laughs> not too far off from no. Chewbacca. <laughs> a little bit of Fozzie Bear, like, waka waka. Like, there's a little bit of that in there. Waka waka. Like we got it. Well, what a, you know, that's a good place to seg, and we'll start taking some questions. And that's how Drogo's born. <laughs> and, and thus he was born. Um, how was the transition from being an actor to a director? Um, I think it's absolutely wonderful being, I mean, they're both wonderful, but I really love directing. Um, acting sometimes is not as, I'm not as fulfilled. I think with Drogo, I was extremely fulfilled, but there's a lot of things you do, um, you know, you do your best and then it leaves and it's left for many, you know, many people to make it better or worse. And I really love directing because it's everything from wardrobe, locations, casting, everything. Is, it's your painting. You know I mean? It's a collaboration, but generally speaking, it's, it's yours. And so you're going to be judged by it, loved by it, hated by it, but it's yours. With the acting thing, it's always like, oh, it was the director's fault. Oh, it was the writer's fault. And blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be my fault. This sucks. I apologize. I'll be better on the next one. But, uh... You know, you do your best. It's the first one, and hopefully, you you do a good job. It's a it's it's a good movie. You know, it's a human movie. What about the soundtrack between before the next question? Oh yeah, the soundtrack is effing amazing. It's awesome. Yes, it is. It's actually all my friends. If you're in LA, we'd love to have you. If anyone's <laughs> gonna be there, we're having a soundtrack release party, and you know, everyone's invited. And um, but it's it's uh, it's all our friends. Like when we originally submitted this, we had two Dead Weather, two Tom Waits, CCR, Rolling Stones. Johnny Cash, and they all were approved for festival license, so they had to hear it and listen to it. Like at one point, they were like, Mick's manager called back and like, "Yeah, Mick and Keith liked it. What you did with the channel?" We're like, "Welcome to Keith Richards' watch the movie." And he was like <laughs> freaking out, and Tom Waits liked the scenes, and then we had to. No one wanted to invest and, and put that any further, so it was up to us to reinvent this whole, all this music. So it's all of my friends. The last song in it is my nanny, and she's actually in the 
in the bathroom <laughs> and she's singing the song and it's beautiful it's absolutely so heartfelt and uh it's called when i go and really check it out and shovels and rope if you haven't heard of them you should you should be ashamed of yourself um but they're really phenomenal it's phenomenal music great and that's music. downloadable too on it iTunes. is yeah it's out yeah. on itunes Hi, Jason. How, how did you get the film to look that way? It looks like you shot it through a nylon stocking. That's very, 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 very smart. There's some scenes that we did. That you can do that. You shoot through the nylon stocking. That's very good. Hot damn. Um, you know what? I would like to uh, give absolute all the credit to Brian Mendoza, who shot it. He's... Um, he is a wizard, and there's just soup. He's worked very hard and mastered that camera, and he's um, he's just an, an, he's he's. Uh, when we got into e-film, like no one had ever seen anything shot like that on a 5D. So I wish I could go like, <laughs> it's all me, you know what I mean. But uh, it's really Brian is, a, is an amazing cinematographer, and so that's the other thing we really wanted to do with this was launch uh, Robert Mullahan, who's who wrote it, and is the uh, the star with me. He's phenomenal in it. He's a theater actor, and he's he's done some TV. But um, I really wanted to do a movie with him and show his talent because he's just a phenomenal actor and is a playwright. So I was like, dude, let's write this. We'll make this. And uh, Brian, who's been following me around since you know almost before Conan days and Game of Thrones, and we've just been shooting shorts and stuff and starting Pride of Gypsies together and trying to make this company where we could shoot art and find a collective of other artists because we know so many talented actors, directors, artists that people don't get to see. And uh, I want to, I just made a band of brothers and sisters and we want to show those talents, so. Hi Jason, where did you study acting and what was your first big break? Um, mostly in the bars, uh, and then, no, sorry. Uh, I studied with, um, the one that really sunk in with me was, uh, with Arthur Mendoza, and he was in L.A. He was with, um, it was, uh, oh, gee, I'm spacing it, Adler, um, Stella Adler. I'm like, oh, my God, hold on a second. Uh, Stella Adler, who trained Marlon Brando and all that stuff. So, I mean, like, it was her technique. That's who I studied with. And what was the second question? What was your first big break? First big break? I don't like to say that anymore. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's the B word. We don't it's say the, the B word. We don't say the B word anymore. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, I started on Baywatch. It's actually very funny. I, I was uh, going to college, and uh, I went to go get to know my father better in Hawaii. TV show showed up. I was folding t-shirts for 60 bucks an hour. I went to the meet hot chicks with my cousins. And uh, we had to make up some bullshit like we were actors or models. And we're like, oh, yeah, uh, I do Louis Vuitton and Gucci. And they're like, oh, yeah, you model? I'm like, oh, yeah. And so then I became a model. And then I went in and just basically bullshit my way in and <clears throat> got some numbers. And then a month later of auditions, I ended up getting the lead role. And so I didn't go back to college in Colorado. I ended up running around half naked with women and uh, at 19, so that wasn't too bad. And then I came back to L.A. and it was... Your life has been a curse. Just, it's been yeah. hard. It was after that. It was extremely... It took me about four years to get an agent, just for anyone to take me seriously. So Baywatch really helped me because it gave me my passion for acting and it really hurt me because no one would take me seriously. And you kind of were also judged as that. And I'm like the last thing of that. <laughs> I mean, I, I normally don't like wearing clothes, were, but, I, yeah. but the other part of like the whole... You Baywatch were objectified. Thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. This just became an object. I know. It's sad. Can you talk about uh, your experiences with the Native Americans that uh, were involved with the film and what you learned and what they uh, taught you about their experience? We have so many beautiful things that didn't end up in the movie. Um, it, I wanted it to, um, but some people didn't find it interesting, which is a really big bummer having collaboration. But we did honor everything from, there's a, there's a game they play called Shinny, which is basically like, kill each other in the sand with a stick. It's called shinny, and you have a, you, there's a ball this big, it's the same color as the sand, and you run around and you play field hockey in sand and hit each other in the shins. And they were like, you're gonna come play with us. I'm like, shit, right, if I, all right. I play a girl playing hockey, and I got this. And so we got in there, and we're bumping around and hitting each other, and you're getting whacked. There's no pads, you have a stick, and you just hit people with a stick. And there's a ball in there somewhere. And uh, we played shinny, and it was, it was phenomenal. We, uh, we did the pottery that was originally some of the artifacts that we actually redid for the piece. Um, that's with me and my dad. We do that to honor my, my, uh, my mother. There's a ceremony with smoke. Yeah, there's a little ceremony that we do. And then um, the language, which is really a, a dying language. There's not too many people that know it. There's, a, there's the lady who plays my grandmother in it. She's, she speaks it. And so we learned uh, the language. And then what else did we do? We, uh, we shot on the reservation. We really lived there, and we shot in a lot of the locations. Then I, like all the guys, the native guys, those are all Aha Makav and the Mojave. So it was really just, we became, they, they let us in with open arms. Because I am a native, you know, I'm Kanaka Maoli. We're the same, so like I'm just over the big pond. But, you know, I'm native the same way. I'm a Native American, Hawaii is America, and it's, it's, it's all the same thing. And so became great friends with a lot of them, and uh, they really loved it. I, I, I wish there was more that we had, but it's that thing where you, you fight the good fight, you fight as hard as lot, you can. I mean, it, it, it integrates well into the movie. It does, I, I just I just know what is missing, and that's yeah. the thing that's just sad. There's those babies you have to kill too, you know. Oops, kill your darlings. Yes. Um, as an actor, you work with a variety of um, directors, writers, and producers. Does that, in a sense, help you, uh, prep you so that in the future you can do your own stuff like you did with Road to Paloma? Absolutely. I think, you know, one of my greatest teachers was uh, working on Stargate Atlantis. Um, I, you know, I was on Stargate for four years. Most people don't know that. But, I mean, that was 22 episodes a season, nine months of your life. You know, they're moving equipment. You just know the business. It becomes like college. And that's where you really learn all that stuff and how to move equipment efficiently and quick. But, you know, you're born with composition and an eye. I mean, you have to train that. And it's, if it's your artistic stamp is what makes defines you as, a, as an artist. But as far as all the general things, yeah, that helps. And also, I love when I, like on Game of Thrones, we had phenomenal directors. And I'd ask them all kinds of questions. And I think, and they love that too. I mean, when they have time for it. But uh, it's always great sharing with other artists. You know what I mean? Everyone has their own technique, so it's really cool to talk about that. Hi, Jason, because everyone else says that. Um, coming off a series like Game of Thrones where making crown for a king is a regular occurrence, um, the crimes that drive wolves, the narrative and the story, you chose to not portray on screen. Um, can you tell us about that choice? Yeah, actually, the, the extended trailer that you can see, we actually show it, and it's the moment he's actually, the whole movie originally opened with him napping the knife. So he's napping this rock in front of his father's fire, and he's shaving and he gets all suited up and he rides out of the, the reservation. He's got this, this, uh, this handkerchief over his face and he goes to the guy's house. You don't know who the guy is. And he's just 
in his house and he rolled, the motorcycle rolls up. Guy goes to the door, comes outside and the motorcycle's just running with shoes just sitting there. And the motorcycle dies because he's obviously turned off the gas. And he's outside, he's got the gun. He knows it's obviously me. And I'm kind of playing shadow games with him. He goes back in his house, opens a couple doors, last door he opens and you just hear these bare feet on the, on the, the wooden floor just creak and move because I'm obviously a large human. And uh, he turns around and he's just like, I'm painted in full up in Mojave paint. And uh, I, in, the, in the story it says I, you know, I scalp him and he runs out of the house and I literally torment him. I, I, I smash every bone in his body. Like from his crown or from his chest to his sternum or from his sternum to his toes Just, or whatever. Right. And it shake him like maracas. What's the line? Yeah. That's it's, it's, well, because there was an article about a little girl. This is horrible, but there's a little girl who got raped and beaten and it said her head looked like a bag of ice. And when I heard that, I was like, I have to put that movie because it's so messed up that this is, that someone could do that to a little girl. And so we put that in there to this guy. And, uh, I wanted to do something wasn't, you know, I'm, I don't want to see it. It's like Hitchcock. You don't see anything. It's fucking scared. And it's not that this is a kind of movie, but I wanted to craft it in a way where it slowly unfolded and you didn't just hear it and then here's on the run. And I didn't want to make a chase movie. And I, I wanted to see it, the audience to slowly, you know, and sometimes we had to put more in and some people are like, that's great. And sometimes you take some out and they're like, I don't know what's going on. So it's just finding the balance of some people are, you know, get it, and some people don't, and then you're like, yeah. so the reason why we took it out of the beginning of the movie, because it really grabbed everyone, because right when I go to kill him, I wake up, and I'm bearded, and it's the opening of the movie, and I'm in this field, and it's supposed to symbolize six months later, and then you see him working out there, and it's just, he's been alone for six months, and he's trying to get by, and people are like, I'm so confused, is he burying him? What's going on? Is he, <laughs> why is he bearded now? And then it's like, do I really have to put six months? I was like, ah, oh, just get, and what it did is it, I wanted it to be slow opening, and what it did is it set the tone too high, and then it just came down. And people didn't like the, that he was just alone. It, it just got everyone revved the wrong way. Right. And we just removed it, and we released it, and now it's you know it's on the DVD special. It's called The Hunt, and we and it's out right now for you to watch it. But it's uh, it just it set the tone wrong. And so, I want to thank you very 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 much, and also say the movie is available even as we speak on iTunes. So go home and watch this kick-ass. 70s style, great movie with great performances, great director, great co-writing, great cinematography.